My name's Marcus, and I'm no expert comic book collector. With help from some not like-minded friends and you, our audience, I want to explore the amazing medium of comic books. This podcast is a reaction to all the common misconceptions I hear about comics as an art form. It's about how superheroes aren't the only type of stories you can find in comics. From true crime and memoir to historical fiction and sci-fi, comics have it all. This podcast is about educating people on what they can find out there and giving readers new, old, or misinformed something great to read. Listen up, nerds and future nerds. This is the VF Comics Podcast. Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the best weekly comic book sequential art podcast dedicated to all types of readers. Each week we will explore various topics, news, books, and talent in the medium of comics. I'm Marcus, and every week I am joined by a group of buds who really don't share my opinions or taste in my explanation of this fascinating world. With me this week is the greatest warrior to ever step foot on the face of the earth, the number one barbarian, James. Thank you, masturbating Marcus. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I get for calling you Jam and James. <laughs> um, also with us is the terror of the ancient ocean, the hunter of hunters, Megalodon. Hello. Rawr. And finally, when there's something strange in the neighborhood, who you going to call? Tom. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> there's something strange in my neighborhood, Tom. You have to come over now. Marcus is something, something strange <laughs> in his neighborhood. It's me. Don't get slimed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's speechless. Oh I love it. James made you I, speechless. My, uh, you got nothing. My my head went to a space and it really went real far with that. So <laughs> Oh god. Um so this week we have just a few topics to talk about, but a lot of it and really all of it revolves around Superman. There's been two pretty controversial I say controversial. I don't think it's controversial, but Twitter does because Twitter's dumb. There have been two controversial moves with Superman this past week. And so I even brought a recommendation that I think is kind of an answer to some of these decisions. So the first thing I want to do, and this blew up earlier last week, was the fact that Superman is by and Tom Taylor's new series, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Now, this Superman is John Kent, who is the son of Superman and Lois Lane, who is taking on the legacy of Superman. Uh, Twitter's reactions so far have been hilarious. There's lots of, well, I don't like to dislike gay people, but sort of language, which, you know, anytime someone says that, like, I'm not trying to be offensive, but, and it's like, <laughs> you should stop there. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, while I don't condone gatekeeping, I've noticed a lot of fans, uh, you know, who are so uninformed, you know, talking about, Hollywood and things that they just don't know what they're talking about in terms of Superman, just saying some really awful misinformed stuff. Um, so I want to read some of those tweets to you today, guys today, and then we will talk about how we feel about this move. So the first area of tweets I've chosen is Superman is for kids. Now I'm not going to say the names of these Twitter users because I'm not looking to encourage people to go out and attack these people I'm not going to encourage that sort of violence. I've seen what the internet can do. 
So the first one says, I just don't think it's right for Superman to be LGBTQ+. He is a straight man and will always be a straight man. Why is the gay agenda always being pushed on our youth? Can anyone answer that question? Why is the gay agenda always pushed on our youth? Oh, God. I read all of these when we were like preparing for the podcast. and I got so heated and I was like at work and I was just like, ah, yeah. like rage, rage, Megan. I, I sorry. I know I've been reading them in like a it's funny to see how confident some people are to say awful stuff. Um, the next one, the only time they say and this one I thought was really good. Um, this is more of a positive take, but it has to do with kids. The only time they say kids are too young to see this adult stuff is when it's same sex. Why is Superman kissing Lois Lane kid stuff, but Superman kissing Batman adult stuff? But you just said it. It's the gay that bothers you. You're good with that kind of hate. Uh, really, really a good take. This one was pretty random. I thought it was great. When I was young, my mom called me gay and told me to watch Superman instead of Sniper Wolf. Am I missing something with Sniper Wolf? Uh, I don't know. That seems like something. It, it, I don't know. Um, That's one of those like... Gen Z in jokes or yeah. something, maybe. So maybe, yeah, that's the thing where I'm just not young enough to get it. But when I was young, my mom called me gay and told me to watch Superman instead of Sniper Wolf. And now look how the table have turned. <laughs> Sounds like a streamer. I feel like that's a... Yeah. And that could be it, too. My, how the turntables have turned. Um, so before I move on to the next set of tweets, I do want to discuss the points about these books not being for children. Um, oh, yeah, she is a content for, creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. Um, so first is that, you know, a lot of people have put out there that representation matters, even to kids. 100%. It's not hurting anyone for this change to happen to this character who's still pretty new in terms of, like, the Superman timeline. But it's helping a lot of people, a lot of kids who may be struggling or confused and exploring and trying to figure things out. Um, it's about representation and normalization. Um, do you guys have any sort of take on any of that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Whenever I see people react like this to something, you know, in this vein, uh, I mean, I almost feel bad for them in a way. Uh, just considering how the world is these days where everything is confrontational and every, you know, and they've been sort of bred in that mindset of, of like everything that happens needs to be, you know, some hill we need to fight over. Uh, especially whenever you're trying to uh, do something that will bring understanding to a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh I always think that these things, you know, that there's always a possibility of it to be a little bit uh, confrontational, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I remember with my family, I've, I, I've had to explain my positions on things to them many times about, uh, you know, gay and lesbian uh, issues, transgender issues, uh, you know, all of this stuff is like really foreign to a lot of people and they've kind of been raised in a certain mindset to be confrontational about it. 
And whenever you add the internet to that social media and such, you know, it kind of gets blown out, out of proportion a little bit by these folks and they just don't get it. Uh, you know, it's real easy to kind of attack somebody who's, you know, uh, LGBTQ online, uh, and get into these packs of people who want to, you know, destroy somebody. When you brought up the uh, word, you, you know, know, it's just, it's just kind of sad to me. You I brought guess. up the word foreign earlier and it's like, and I think that really ties into our theme this week of the, some of the things we're going to talk about and that people get very hostile to things that are foreign to their experiences. They don't understand it. They can't see it. And it's even worse when they're taught that these foreign things are evil, like very, very quickly and at an early age. Um, yeah. And I mean, this, this stuff isn't an accident. It's not something that is, uh, you know, a tendency of people in real life. It is something that is bred. It's something that is conditioned by algorithms, by, uh, you know, these different social media platforms that are built around conflict. And I think was it, it came out it, recently that Facebook actively shows things that are going to make you frustrated. They, uh, we found right. out the other week during an info dump. Well, and the oh, internet, yeah. it really, like James makes a great point. It heightens that. Like it definitely mm -hmm. can give you, and, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, the false illusion that, mm -hmm anyone even wants to hear your opinion about <laughs> yeah. that topic you know it, it's just like it always comes to mind that t-shirt that frank ocean wore uh like at coachella it's like why be racist sexist homophobic or transphobic when you could just be quiet like you don't have to share that awful nasty opinion with anybody you know and the fact mm -hmm. that the internet fuels sometimes that that rhetoric is it, it it's almost overwhelming sometimes because you you just like I, I meg i react the same way i get super heated and i'm like oh i'm ready to type back and it just feels useless but at the same time i feel like yeah. sometimes i should start because the other voice should be on the internet as well like there should be someone saying you know saying uh you know, no. so, yeah, no. yeah. I was trying not to swear. Yeah. <laughs> so you hard. I was like, "F you!" I came to mind, you know, like immediately, and I was like, "Oh, come on, better vocabulary, Tom." But it's it, it just, yeah, yeah. And that goes back to the representation yeah. matters. Like, if every, if it seems like everyone's bashing on yes. something or saying 100%. these awful things, like, and I, you know, I kind of want to bring up something relevant that's not really tied into comics but you know i'm gonna go ahead and bring it up so with the anti-trans jokes that apparently were made in a dave Chappelle uh show um, um netflix special recently you know people were just like you know him feeling about or in the netflix the head of netflix basically stated that people saying things doesn't translate to real world violence and it it, it, it go and it's the point like a January yeah, and the, January 6th alone. Look at that. You know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, when people are fighting against this, it's just like, no, like that's how you can say that representation 
does matter because when you say and normalize things, even, you know, a comedian or a comic book company, it has an effect. I mean, look at how people are reacting just to the fact that a fictional character's son has this is by like, this is like, it does translate to people really acting out and. Well, I can give a, a rational defense of Dave Chappelle, but let me get back to the, uh, <laughs> to the, uh, what we were talking about earlier. Um, whenever I see something like this come from a, a major corporation like DC or Warner brothers or, you know, on up to AT&T or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you always have to remember that there's money behind this. And one of the great things that has happened recently is that people have really been more receptive to LGBTQ characters, stories, things like that before, you know, this is about dollars and cents, you know, I mean, uh, there's no way of really looking at it as, you know, I mean, maybe I'm cynical, but I just don't see corporations doing anything for like the betterment of mankind or whatever. But I do see corporations doing something because they're, they're trying to reach a new audience and they're trying to, you know, expand their, their, their footprint. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just a little bit weird that, uh, you, you know, we just had Robin, uh, come out as bisexual recently. Yeah. Tim Drake. And, yep. and I have read, uh, you know, in different places where, where people are kind of a little bit suspicious about this because, uh, you know, making him bisexual means that at some point they could just kind of drop the whole issue and just have him get a girlfriend or whatever and like be able to kind of continue on with, with, with the character being straight without actually saying it. Oh, that's and, an point. you know, there's, you know, there's always like a, a backdoor escape for the corporation in case, you know, something happens. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to get into what they're, well, I guess I did, just did. get into <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just speculating here based on what other people have said, but, uh, you know, that's the thing that you always have to remember. Dollars and cents. That is cynical. And, and, well, it is. <laughs> I, I mean, mean it's just true. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. Good point. You know, our world is it's changing and demographics are changing. Ideas are changing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, you just have to think of it that way. There's no real point in arguing something like this, whenever a, a corporation is going to be chasing money with it. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is that for a, a lowly funny book peddler in Arkansas, you know, I end up seeing that backlash, you know, I mean, it's like we're fighting the, the battle for these folks right here on on the ground. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, sometimes I get weary with that battle, but, uh, you know, you know, you just got always got to understand that, you know, things are being pushed forward based on money, not on some sort of like 
gay agenda or, you know, anything like that. I just don't believe in those types of things. I just don't think that it's something like that. Well, and, you know, it's, I think it's a good point to make that like DC is, you know, part of Warner Brothers. This is a major corporation, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily look at it as cynical so much as you're just trying to analyze all sides of this. It's good if we can get good out of this decision, but they're just as capable of doing the opposite sort of decision. Um, Oh oh yeah. There's, you know, just in, in the case of, uh, you know, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, he, he took a, uh, took the opposite road and, you know, having a, uh, you know, the, the corporation behind him kind of stick up for him is surprising. And, and, and I don't think it's going to last very long. I think that eventually they are going to, going to cower <laughs> to a, a bit. And, you know, going back to, to, to the Dave Chappelle thing, uh, you know, I guess I will always, uh, be willing to fight for, for a person's, right to say something uh corporate you know but whenever you start talking about their profession as opposed to themselves creating speech you know a lot of people see that as well his speech isn't being hindered just his ability to make money off of it and you know that's a fair argument i just kind of wonder you know (laughs) In a in a corporation controlled world where money equals speech, if that's something that can be, uh, you know, that can be tolerated in a way. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, you know, attacking speech, you know, in that manner, you know, with cancel culture or whatever, you know, is necessarily a good thing, I guess. I mean it can really run rampant in ways that can really cause harm to people. And on top of it, you know, as, as Dave Chappelle said in his, in his, uh, in his standup, you know, he's being honest and his honesty and somebody supporting him ended up causing someone to, you know, who was supporting him to end up committing suicide because the other side attacked her so much that she ended up, you know, a, as a transgender woman or, a, yeah, transgender woman who, uh, you know, ended up committing suicide because of the uh, LGBTQ community attacking her. I'm just never, I'm just never very... I'm just uncomfortable with, with that kind of thinking and people sort of going after people, you know, in this abstract way on the internet that can lead to real world consequences. Uh, large groups of people all, all together that are very angry tend to make really bad decisions. Uh, especially whenever you throw in anonymity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's well. I mean, that's a whole other issue, but I mean, <laughs> well, it's 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 definitely out there that, that that these issues that are that are tossed into the into the internet hive mind end up creating really bizarre outcomes. Whether it be you know you know the outcome of uh, you know Superman being gay or bisexual or you know 
what I was talking about with Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, things used to work differently. I, I mean, maybe I'm just being an old fart about it, but, uh, <laughs> you are old, you, you know, well, I, I mean, the, the, the way I first dealt with, uh, with, uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, gay issue was that a friend of mine was gay. That's how I dealt with it. One-on-one. I'm, I'm there with them. I, I don't have 50 other people, you know, telling me in, in a, in a forum somewhere about what, what I should think or whatever. You know, I was just a kid learning about this and they are human. They are a human person. And, you know, now we're like, you know, weaponizing speech in a way that is, or weaponizing, you know, our, our internet uh, persona to be able to hurt people. And, and I just find it weird. I'm kind of uncomfortable about it. Uh, but I mean, I guess that's the norm going forward because the internet's here to stay. I guess. And I, I think you bring up a valid, like, I don't know if it's necessarily a counterpoint here, but of the idea of like, you know, just because someone believes one thing doesn't that, you know, we may agree with doesn't make them necessarily right. It's so much more complex than that because people who I believe the same thing as sometimes take it to the next level in acting out in a violent way or in a way where they attack someone profusely um, and refuse to acknowledge the human experience. It is so much more complicated than just right and wrong. It's, you know, it's a gray world, not a black and white one. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but, you know, I'm working on a secondary uh, podcast right now talking about different hi- history in comic books. And it's this is relevant because one of the first things I'm working on is the author of Seduction of the Innocent, uh, Dr. Frederick Wortham, who was very anti-comics, you know, was like, Batman and Robin um, are homosexual and pushing a homosexual and immoral agenda on people. But also the work that he did before that was very, very socially progressive in psychiatry. Really? I mean, it's just, there were some great things that he did. And unfortunately he hitched his wagon to this one thing and, you know, the internet would have, gosh, I mean, pre-internet, his life got destroyed because of it. Um, God, the internet wouldn't uh, have even let him publish his book now, I think. Um, but I'm, I, we're going to go ahead and move on. <laughs> um, I do want to read a couple more tweets that I found. Um, one of which it says that apparently it's Joe Biden's fault that Superman is gay. This was serious. Oh, that's um, interesting. Um, yeah. Surely it was. They made Superman an effeminate gay. Society is against us, lads. Time to eat uranium. Uh, I mean, just take it. Uh, I'm telling you, that's somebody who's just angry at everything. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? And like, that, there's something this is in the their example, life that's this, just... <laughs> these are examples of just like people like you're talking about who um, can really cause like some damage with their anger and acting out on it. Um, a nation in decline, continuing a recent U.S. trend of comic book characters coming out as LGBTQ. Superman is now confirmed to be bisexual, according to DC Comics. Nothing wrong with being gay, but this is pushing the political narrative too far. 
I guess for oh, many, okay. including me, this is the death of Superman. R.I.P. Superman. I mean, uh, talk about dramatic. Yeah, he's been dead a long time. Yeah, and you know, and the thing, <laughs> the thing is, like these people, like to the, you know, for some of them, they're just like, oh, I'm just tweeting something. It's harmless, and it's like, yeah, but when you get retweeted a million times and that sort of stuff, you create a mentality that it is nor it is normal to feel that way. And to attack someone because of it. I hate that our culture has just become, I need to tell you my opinion, my one opinion that I'm giving, that I'm basing who knows on what, because I'm giving you zero like input into how I made this decision and why this opinion is important to me. Zero backstory into my life. Here's just this one opinion and I need you to know it. And I need other people who agree with me to know it. It's just, I hate it. I hate it. hate it. Sorry. Mm. It's just very frustrating. Oh, Tom, I can't hear you. Uh oh. Tom's gone. R.I.P. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. Tom. Just smile and look pretty, Tom. Where is he? Is your internet being weird? Yeah, maybe it's his internet because it says he's got uh, a microphone on. He's using his built in mic. Hey Tom, uh, leave yeah, the. You don't even let me use my built-in mic. You're always like, <laughs> "No, you use." Gotta this. have this fancy mic. Well, no, even have then, this fancy mic. Yeah, then have me humiliate says- myself while I'm trying to. Get <laughs> working. I just want you to be pretty. Yeah, Tom. Oh, leave. He's yeah, gone. he's gonna leave Bye, and come Tom. back. Um. So yeah, and- you know. Oh, go ahead, Meg. No, I was just gonna say we. I feel like we have a really unique perspective and like. Th- we're all from the South. And so I feel like our perspective of take two, all of can this is, yeah, okay, yeah great. we can hear you. I agree with you, Mike. More... That, or Meg, that stuff also, oh, thanks. also pisses <laughs> Who's me Mike? off. My microphone. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's like all kinds of things happening. I agree but with yeah. microphone. <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 that also makes me irritated. Yeah. But yeah, being, being Southern, you know, and a liberal or a progressive, I know. what I'm going to call us. It's weird. We gotta, and I, we're like right there on, on the front lines l- looking at the other side. And a lot of times like yep. friends and family are on that other side and it just becomes weird. Yeah, yes. Super weird. It makes yeah. it harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think we're in a unique position in that we can talk to people like in person who we know about these issues because they're people that we're close to a lot of the time. And I, I mean, I've definitely tried to talk to members well, of my family about stuff, you know, and, I don't know. Sometimes it goes over well and sometimes it doesn't. Well, and, but. you know, James mentioned earlier, you know, he was just dealing with something one-on-one with pers- if someone. And I found when dealing with people on, like, that much more personal level, they're much more willing to listen than if they're on the Internet or in a crowd to what's going on, really. You know, they're just – otherwise, they're going to go with the flow. But sometimes one-on-one, you can kind of get to the meat of exactly what's going on uh, with them. Um but, uh, you know, Superman is a fictional, in my opinion, Superman's a fictional character. He's an illegal alien refugee. He's been portrayed as a communist before. He has been a fascist dictator. And these characters are constantly reimagined. I think it really comes down to the fact that for this specific thing, you know, 
being mad at Superman and not buying Superman products is an attainable is is an attainable thing that they can actually do that they feel like will change something. And just as I, you know, how to put it, it's it, it, you know to me it was very similar to like wearing a mask in public right now uh, with the pandemic. It something pretty little, but arguing against it is much more attainable than changing the way that our government is structured. So instead of getting involved in that, they're going to be like, no, I just won't wear a mask in public because it's so much easier to do. Not, you know, buying Superman stuff is and yelling on Twitter is easy to do. It's something that anyone can do. You can just do what I do and just say, look, this isn't actually Superman we're talking about here. This isn't Kal-El. Uh, yeah. This is his son. Uh, you know, you know, even then, I wish they had and just... And we know how Gen Z is. I, you know, I, <laughs> if you want to just avoid it, be like, yeah, the millennials. Yeah, that's how you do um, um, The last one, the last tweet I want to read, I thought was pretty funny. And it is, unless you want to see lots of male body parts, do not Google search Superman is gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about uh, comics fighting Darkseid, Doomsday, or Kryptonite. <laughs> that's just learning to navigate the internet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to get into Rule 34. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. We'll save that for the 34th episode or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up, I want to talk a little bit about uh, DC Fandom. is a event that occurs. Well, last year was the first time. It's an all-digital DC Comics event. But it does pretty specifically focus on their other media and less on their comics. Um, if you watched the stream yesterday, I did end up sitting for most of it. Saw some really cool trailers. Uh, did you guys see anything, any trailers that you're excited about? What? I watched, uh, I didn't watch I watched the trailer. I watched the trailer for Batman. That's the one I watched. Yeah, that looked pretty good. That was the one I think everybody was yeah. voting for. It was waiting for. It was the very last thing that they showed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also got a bit of a Black Adam reveal with the rock it's a movie the rock has been trying to make for forever who knows what'll happen there and then we got our first look at footage for the flash movie which with ezra miller his new suit that's not as armored as justice league it's very Mm -hmm. slim fitting um there are exciting for you know spoilers for this footage but it's not really spoilers because i don't know what's going on the plot there were multiple ezra millers in a single shot (laughs) And there is in the shot is built in a way where you're assuming they're talking to Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne, who we do know is going to be in this movie. Um, Whoa. Oh, cool. I don't know. That's the movie, awesome. the movie as it's been described and the things that I'm seeing is that I thought the visuals for the footage were, you know, just okay. But the idea of the movie to me is absolutely bonkers. Like, and it's going to be like time travel, alternate versions of people. It's going to include like, I think Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are both in it as Bruce Wayne, Batman. Wow. It's just, there's lots. I, I don't know if they're going to stick the landing on this one. Cause this is also a movie that they have been retooling for years. Like it's gone through multiple directors. They're constantly switching. Are, are they, are, are they still mm-hmm. making it in any way similar to flashpoint? I think or? that's still the concept is that it's a flashpoint esque, but I'm wondering if it's going to be less like flashpoint where they have this fleshed out world. and It's going to be more about the flash 
um, just messing up time and going back to alternate 1985, all uh, uh, back to the future. And, yes. you know, and s- smaller, smaller scale changes than a world where the Amazons went to war with the Atlanteans, which is what happened in Flashpoint. It's pretty wild. Um, so we'll see. Um, there was also some preview footage for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I really liked the first Aquaman. It looks really great. Um, oh, and by the way, during the Flash stuff, they in no way show Michael Keaton in a bat suit, which is, I cannot believe they didn't show it. I want to see him standing in that bat suit again. Um, and I want it to be the one where he can't turn his neck. Cause I remember that was a thing when they made those. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't until the dark night that, uh, Bruce, that Batman could turn his head in his costume. Which they make that like part of the dialogue, right? Yes. He like requests yeah. that what, from, really? just yeah, like, like requests like, it from Lucius. He's like, yeah. I need a more like mobile. Watch every Batman yeah. movie before that. Um, you know, not like, you know, like That's the crazy. Michael Keaton and up and you'll see whenever he turns, he has to hard turn. <laughs> What's it's like uh, like old school Resident What's Evil? He's on tank controls. He's just going <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so good. Yes. Yes. Um, but to me, the biggest thing that I thought was another controversial thing, or I think is going to be considered controversial, and I think it's great, is that DC uh, Warner Brothers DC Comics had uh, Jim Lee, I believe it was Jim Lee, um, come out and basically say, "Hey, we are updating Superman's." Uh, truth, justice, and the American way um, sort of, you know, classic quote. Here we go again. <laughs> to truth, <laughs> truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Which... I swear they're just fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to answer that phone every day, having people telling me all this stuff, you know. See, oh, I bet you it. do. See, that's I the thing. You is, hear all the stuff. At, at first, I was like... Oh, James is not upset about the change so much as he's upset about, like you were saying earlier, having to you deal have to with deal it. with it. That's like awesome. people are call you, like, "Hey, James, why are they doing this? This liberal oh woke God. Superman." So they air that grievance oh, yeah. with you. They call you up to yes. be like, "That's funny." Do. I need and, you. Okay, you know, out there in, in Anaheim, California, you know, it's just like, yay, yay, oh and then it's like, I come to my shop, and it's like. Here we go. I I'm on the front lines, DC. Yeah. yeah. I want to know some uh, of give the me conversations. Some support. I, I feel like, like you don't, man. Yeah, I try. I'm pretty straight with, with folks. I mean, you know, I would like to think people know my politics or whatever. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very empathetic person to just anybody. I don't like mm-hmm. to, you know, pass judgment on anybody about anything. But you know, sometimes it, it just gets silly, you know, like, like getting that upset about this kind of stuff that it's like, I just can't really wrap my head around it. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. I mean, at some point in your life, you got to like understand that maybe it's not all about you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Hey, and I've had to come to terms with Batman v Superman and I'm not you. mad about that movie anymore. Because it's for somebody. It's not for me, but it's for somebody. And that's great. Yeah. And I mean, people have a right to, to, to have their heroes, you know. And now, you know, I can understand if somebody were suspicious that, you know, that they have to use, you know, branding to, you know, 
you know, implement some sort of like social statement or whatever. That's kind of weird to me. I mean, I don't, you know, I guess that's what a corporation would do, but, uh, you know, mostly it's just like, I end up kind of like breaking things down for people the way that, uh, I was talking about with, mm-hmm. uh, with the previous issue, you know, it's like, this is, this is Clark's son. He has been in space for a long time. He went there as a, as a young man and his dad and his Yeah. Didn't he go back? back? He went with jor right? Yeah, and yeah. So like, Jor-El's alive, like, and he was kind he of like a bad raising guy a volcano or something. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, the the kid's alien, you know. And it's like, you know, who knows? You know, I mean, Kal-El is, seems to be still Kal-El, from what I can tell. Well, and let's not let's uh, not forget that recent, like in the last few years, Kal-El, like they took one version of Kal-El, Superman, Clark Kent. And another version, Superman Clark Kent, and they had them squeeze into one being, and mm-hmm. one Clark Kent Superman, and it was Henry Cavill. It was wild. It was wild. The extra work that they went through to explain that, because sometimes they don't explain anything in comics. But don't worry, we're going to get a series on why there are two different Superman, which there were. There were two different Clark Kents in this universe. And see, there's a reason why that they you know, made it his son and not regular Kal-El or whatever. I mean, you know, that would have been undoing years and years of past precedent and all that. And that they have a new kid that we can, you know, use to, you know, make this statement and to, uh, you know, give LGBTQ members uh, a hero. And, you know, that's not wrong with that, I guess, you know. I mean, when the the percentage of major uh, fictional characters in comics that are minorities or LGBTQ or anything like that is pretty small. So when people are just like, oh, they're doing it to all of them. And I'm like, how involved are you in comics? Because yeah, I got to no tell you, like, no that's not the case. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 Um, Unless it's Wolverine, then that's a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine. Don't get me started on X Men history. Um, uh, but I'm I'm excited about it. I I'm gonna move on. We all have our our, our sacred. We cows. have our sacred I mean, characters, you know, and, and 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 that's the argument that that, that I often come up with whenever I try to defend some of these folks is that you know a lot of times in comics it isn't so much about what it is; it's just that it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like for me, I have this like vision of Wolverine in my head that has, you know, been the vision that I grew up yeah. with. It, it, I had Wolverine during, during a very particular part of my life when I was growing up and it was really impactful on me. And, you know, that's a lot of times that's what's driving some of these folks, some of them, not, and, not all. And that's the understanding I kind of give them too. I've been through that a couple times with Batman where I'm just like, there's been interpretations that I'm like, Oh, look at this crap. And, you know, I used to get very upset about it. Tom has seen me go off about this sort of stuff before. And I feel like the last few years I have come to terms with, you know, it's just something different for, you know, it's for somebody and that's, and that's okay. Yeah. I remember the Snyder cut really turning it around for you. I wouldn't say really turning it around, but I, 
I had to I had to eat crow and admit I, I had, really oh, enjoyed yeah. that movie. Oh, did you? I, I was God, I had to listen to Marcus with, with you no. about it. Marcus crapping on the idea of the Snyder Cut, crapping on it, talking like I it was did. Gonna be garbage I was I was like going to be like Snyder Cut's not going to be bad. That's funny. And like they did a he did a really great job with it. It's and granted, like the other cut to me is like a studio cut that Joss Whedon came in and filmed for the studio. Like, yeah, you know, I know we we can we can talk about him being a tool and all this stuff all day. But I feel like his was like it wasn't his vision of that he came in and did. He came in and filled in somebody's job. And the weird precedent that alternating cuts of movies sets like yeah that that that's the, that's the issue I had with it. That's a little concerning. And what was you know I think the other concerning thing for me was that um Zack Snyder never hit his plan from executives, and then all of a sudden they decided they didn't like his plan. And kind of cut him off. And it's like, at this point, especially now that I've seen the Snyder Cut, you know, I would have liked to have seen where that was going. Because it was going to a bonkers place. Um, a really bonkers place. And man, like, what they did with The Flash was so much better in that. Anyways, yeah. So, like, no, I, I ate crow on that. I really, really enjoyed it. It was much more what I wanted. You know. Support the guy with the vision, not the people with the money. No. Um, so anyways, um, so yeah, truth, justice and a better tomorrow. I think it's great. I think it encapsulates like the Superman experience for a lot of people because of his background. Uh, so it, you know, it's much more inclusive to just everybody. It's not really Mm -hmm. a nationalist sort of thing, which is, I think a dangerous place to sit at. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the uh, true justice in the American way was very much a post-war thing after World War II. Yeah, yeah, oh. we were all kind of flying sure. on it. But, but I mean, I mean, even after that, it it changed a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, that was just, uh, you know, something that kind of got stuck on during a a period of patriotic fervor. Yeah. And there was that and, weird time in the seventies uh, for like a year. It was truth, justice and getting laid, which was like a real weird one. It was not seriously I'm totally nice. joking. No. no I, oh not. my God. I believed you. I was like, no, I know you did. No, what? Oh my I was God. Reading, I'm so sorry. I'm so Hers, like, um, it reacted to, very strongly. We, we need to go and like adjusted. <laughs> I, honestly, we need to adjust Megan's sarcasm. Yeah. Um, I would read that book though. I would read that book. <laughs> Truth, justice. The 70s. You got a great title like The Day Disco Died, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would read it for sure. Yeah. I was very so. interested in this. <laughs> yeah. Megan's like, where can I get those issues? Yeah, um, give me boys. these. <laughs> At your local comic book Read Hero Gasm. Yeah, know. you can co- get a hold of retrograde comics. Um, so this kind of all leads us to my recommendation for this week. It really ties into our Superman-based news, uh, which is really all we've talked about this week. And we got, you know... Some really, I think this is the most James has ever talked on an episode, and I really, really enjoy that. May it. be true, yeah, and I think it's true. James is such a quiet, so you're telling me I need to shut up. No, it's no. Right. I shut no. up so that you could no. go, yeah. Like, I like, I like hearing you. Um, <laughs> but my recommendation this week is going to be for everybody the uh, it was a kind of a children's way. A graphic miniseries, Superman Smashes the Clan. When you see it, the artwork looks kind of 
you know, Saturday morning cartoon. It looks like it's something for kids, but it is actually incredible. And it deals with a lot of issues. And honestly, the story itself really kind of makes an argument for the new slogan of truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. That's what it's about. Um, I mean, it's actually based on a radio series from 1946. Um, there was, it was called, it was part of the Superman adventures radio series, and it was called the clan of the fiery cross. Um, but during this time, the actual Ku Klux Klan were attempting to kind of like come into prominence again. And so this radio series is held by a lot of people as being responsible for changing perceptions of the group and helping keeping the Ku Klux Klan down as no longer being a prominent group in the United States. Um, it follows primarily uh, Clark Kent Superman and a young Chinese girl named Roberta, a Chinese American. Um, and this book doesn't really hold back on the complexities of racism and the feelings of people discussing it. There are clan members but there are also other casual characters, uh, family members, friends, neighborhood people. While they aren't burning crosses and doing awful stuff, there's like elements of casual racism, um, even in the things that the characters, uh, some of the Chinese characters themselves say about themselves. It's it's something that I think makes a fitting argument for the idea of institutional racism and where being racist isn't always an active thing that you're doing. You know, you may have a belief or an idea that you don't realize is harmful. Um, it's just such the norm for you. Um, but yeah, while the clan of the fiery cross is a stand in for, you know, actual racist groups, it's funny when I was reading about the original radio play, they called it the clan instead of the Ku Klux Klan, the clan of the fiery cross, but then they gave them, because they were trying to avoid issues with the actual Ku Klux Klan, because I think they were in recognized organization in some states at the time. And so to avoid that, they named them this new name, but then they still use pretty much the same outfits, the same rituals and the same sorts of actions. So even though they avoided legal trouble, they were like, screw the Ku Klux Klan. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and which, I mean, like I think everybody can get behind. Um, I also really like this and I don't consider it a spoiler to say like the main villain is defeated at the end. You know, that's the classic Saturday morning cartoon ending, but there's a lot more complexities to explore that Superman cannot solve. The book does not end in a way where everything you've seen that makes you go, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that is solved. The villain story is solved, but there's just, there's a bigger world presented here. Um, and they've also did a great job. This is one of my favorite things. Um, again, without spoiling it, but they took this story of racism and finding who you are and community. And they really did a really good job of combining it with a tale that is still Superman focused. Superman goes through some self-reflection and some things that he's experienced to connect all the stories together really, really well. Um, I think it's as relevant today, like the things you see in it as the time period it reflects, because it actually still takes place in 1946 when the original audio uh, drama took place. Um, you know, not all the problems are fixed, but again, the characters are working and they're building a better tomorrow, which is why I think 
that it works really well with the new slogan. So if you're looking for an isolated, continuity-free Superman story that is great and is great for anyone of any age, Superman Smashes the Clan is it. I I read it today. I'm going to buy a physical co- copy now. I actually read it on my phone, but now I'm going to buy a physical copy. I want to have that on my bookshelf. Awesome. That's a good book. Yeah. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention a, uh, a graphic novel I read recently. It's actually a collection uh, that uh, came out recently I'd like to recommend. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's called Happy Hour. Um, it came out from Ahoy, uh, a, a label that's been getting a lot of interest from me. I know that. I've, I've been grabbing stuff off the uh, off the shelf from them pretty frequently. They also did Snelson, another book that I uh, like. Ah, yeah, you've talked they about do that very, uh, Yeah, they do very – they do very good uh, comics with, with a little bit of a social satire edge to them, which I, which I like. Uh this one is by Peter Milligan. Uh, you may remember him from X-Force back in the day. Uh, did some stuff at Vertigo and some other places. Uh, and it's about a society where they have, well, attempted to el- eliminate sadness through a, uh, through a special surgical procedure in your brain. Uh, they realized that there were so many people on antidepressants and medications and such like that, that they realized that the, uh, that the problem with society was that everybody was just too sad and cynical and down. And, you know, so they uh, created this new, uh, this new procedure to deal with it. Uh, as you know, you see in the book, there's sort of an uprising of, of people who just really want to be sad. They, uh, our protagonist is, is one of them. He was in a car wreck and lost his, his entire family in the car wreck. And he had what they called a, a, uh, brain injury that resulted in, uh, I guess the, uh, the surgical procedure not working anymore. And these types of people who were, uh, who were going against the uh, dictates of the, of the society are sent to these uh, happy camps where you are conditioned to be happy. Oh my gosh. Uh, you have to be happy. Uh, and it's really, f- and believe it or not, it is a very funny book. It's uh, they like, bust up a, a group of kids on a college campus that's just kind of sitting around and talking about Nietzsche and, yes. you know, talking about the, uh, the adept of human suffering and how it's, you know, you know, essential to, to the human experience and, you know, things like that. And all, all of a sudden these like smiling stormtroopers come in and start beating them and saying that, that they need to be happy and, they're like telling them jokes while they're doing it and laughing with each other. Wow. That's so jokes. weird. Reminds me of Vonnegut. So and, uh, yeah. And it, yeah, no, it's, oh, uh, I love that. And so, you know, they, they get sent to this, you know, you know, re-education camp, uh, and all of the uh, characters that are involved from the, uh, from the prison camp boss down to that, down to this guy who tries to escape and, uh, everything there's a uh 
there's a uh, a rumor of a secret camp in Mexico where you can escape to and be just as miserable as you want to be. And uh, just those two ideas of people who want to be really happy and people who want to be really sad sort of conflict with each other in like hilarious ways. Uh, great book. And what's, so, the, what's the name of it? It's called Happy Hour. Okay, I uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna find that. that yeah, that's awesome. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Man, right. so, I mean, yeah. like that kind of it does go with like the theme of just like you know I think people are arguing you know don't put politics in my books and it's like no like this sounds awesome like this is the, these are the kinds of ideas that get explored that I want to see in what yeah, I read. Yeah. And if you do it in like a way like this too, you have my attention even more. So <laughs> it, it, it also kind of like makes a bit of a statement on, on things like polarization in our society. And, you know, it, it's, it's a really clever book. I like yeah. it. Sweet. Thanks for recommending that, man. Um, no and that's going to be it for us this week. Next week, I promise you won't have to listen to James as much. But <laughs> I will shut. No, it was great. No, Do not listen so to Marcus. Marcus will. Oh man. Um, but that's going to be it. You're going to get to hear a lot more of James in the future. Uh, him and I are I'm talking for about your doing job, something Marcus. extra. Do it. Do it. Um, a special thanks again to Jeff Matika for our new original music, and a more of a shout out to 806 Films. You can find links to both of their uh, social media accounts in the description on this video or on your favorite podcasting site. Also, if you're looking for any of the books that you heard about today, you can contact retrograde comics here in little rock. They'll even ship stuff to you. You can find the link and the information for that also in the episode description. You can listen to us every week on your favorite podcasting platform, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Your search for great stories, authors, and artists doesn't have to end with this episode, though. Make sure to visit vfcomicspodcast.com for more great free content like episode transcriptions, upcoming independent stories and Kickstarters, education, recommendations, and so much more. We will see all you guys again next week. So long. So long.